0: So a few weeks ago, I was up in Asheville, North Carolina, officiating at the outdoor ceremony for a couple who had had quite the time to just get to their wedding day. Had to postpone their original ceremony dates and out a whole nother round of save the dates. They'd had to whittle down their guest list to a handful of their closest family and friends. On top of all that, both the bride and the groom very much work on the front lines of the healthcare field. The bride as the manager of a walk-in clinic and the groom as a doctor in the final year of his residency. Two people for whom this COVID-19 pandemic has been more than just the headline in the newspapers, it's been their lived reality. Right, for six months now, they've had to watch as the other walks out the door each morning and hope and pray that when they come home that night, they'll be just as safe and healthy as when they left. So when we got to the part in the ceremony where normally in my binder, I would have written a, a brief a homily that reflects on the nature of the couple's relationship and the promises of God at their marriage, I... I confessed to this couple that in fact, I had only blank pages in front of me, that I'd struggled to find the the right words to say to them at their wedding. And the reason I I finally realized that I was struggling so much, what I told them in the ceremony was that, that the reason I I realized I was struggling was because I discovered that what I, I wanted to say to them I wanted to say to them that from that point forward, things would be so much easier. I wanted to say to them that somehow this, this covenant relationship of marriage meant that when the ceremony ended and they walked back down that center aisle, that somehow they'd be walking into a, a fairy tale. A fairy tale that before they could only dream about. But, but of course, the truth is, the truth is that, that love Love doesn't always make things easier. In fact, love and and especially oftentimes love and marriage it's hard. I was thinking about that couple. I was I was thinking about that ceremony as I read these verses from Paul's letter to the ancient church in Rome. Because it occurred to me that that the people Paul is writing to, right these these congregations, these small house churches in all likelihood spread out across ancient Rome that together make up the church in Rome, Paul is writing to these people who, who are likely just as eager as a couple on their wedding day for the journey that is ahead. Right, He's writing to these Gentile and Jewish Christians, some of whom no doubt are, are eager and hopeful that, that now as followers of Jesus Christ, life will be so much easier. And Paul's writing to them to say, well, actually, right, he's saying to them in these verses, listen, I, I have some good news. And the good news is that, that there's really only one commandment that matters. One commandment that fulfills all the rest. But the bad news, he's saying, or maybe better put, the hard news, is that that one commandment, the one that that really matters, the one that fulfills all the others, that one commandment that you are called to live by, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Loving our neighbor, now that's hard. We know it, don't we? I mean, just look around. Look around at our world. Look look around at our nation. Look around at our own lives. Clearly, clearly, there is nothing easy about loving our neighbor. Someone was recently telling me about an episode of, uh, of Kids Say the Darndest Things, like the original one, 60s, 70s, Art Link Letter is the host. It's an episode where Art is interviewing a uh, like six or seven-year-old girl, and his question for her is: what does love look like? And the girl, without really missing a beat, she says, love looks like when I let little Johnny get in front of me at the water fountain. And Art responds to her and says, wow, you must really love little Johnny. And her her response immediately is, no, I don't love little Johnny. I don't even like little Johnny. God, when they told me that story, I, I love that line. I don't love Johnny. I don't even like him. Because in that one line, it illustrates, it illustrates exactly what loving our neighbor looks like. But it also shows us why it's so hard. Because what loving our neighbor looks like, it looks like letting the person go in front of us. In other words, it, it looks like any time we, we act in the best interest of someone who is not ourself, We act in the best interest of others. But that's hard, and the reason that's hard is because sometimes the ones who we are called to act in the best interest of are people we don't even like. People we don't agree with. People we don't understand. People people we'd rather avoid. Ah. But that, that's loving your neighbor. You know, there have been multiple gatherings in our own community in in the wake of uh, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. And there was one several months ago. I think it was on the day when, uh, when the first arraignment was happening for the suspects in that crime, the accused. And clergy, including myself, had been going to a number of these gatherings. I wasn't able to go to the the one in the morning. I was at the one in the afternoon. But a clergy friend was there on the courthouse steps the morning of that arraignment to just be a presence, a a spiritual presence at that gathering. And there was a a decent-sized group, not huge but not small either, people taking turns uh, speaking and at one point, uh, my clergy friend uh, texted uh, a small group of us and she said something unbelievable just happened. She said uh, there was an older white man who, after a number of other speakers, stood up on the steps and just began yelling inflammatory things, things that weren't particularly helpful in that context, in that situation, things that were clearly meant to just kind of get people riled up. And some of the sheriff's deputies who were there just monitoring the crowd recognized that this man was probably putting himself in not the best situation. And they, they began to guide him away from the rest of the crowd. But my clergy friend said, you know, almost immediately as, as they started walking across the yard with him, uh, two men from the larger gathering, two African-American men, took off running after him. She said, I tried to stop him, but before I knew it, even more people were running after this man. She says, I followed and and when I got there, there was a circle of people now around this man who had spoken these inflammatory things. She said, I didn't know what was going to happen. But then the leader, one of the first two men who ran after him, sort of the de facto voice that had been speaking the most that morning on the steps, the, the leader of that group, he, he looked that man in the eye. And he said to him, I just want to tell you something. I Just want to tell you that we love you. just want to tell you we love you. All the commands, Paul says, all the commandments are summed up in just one. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's letting little Johnny go in front at the water fountain. It's running after the person who you definitely have a hard time loving and almost certainly don't like. Running after the person even who who sometimes is actively working against your own interest to tell them one thing. I love you. That's what loving our neighbor looks like. But why? Why in the world would we, you and me, why would we behave like this? There's a simple answer. It's because God, God loves you. It's because God forgives me. It's because God has breathed into all of us this holy breath called life, right? God does not ask of you or me or any of us anything that God has not already done for us. And because in Jesus Christ, God has loved us despite ourselves, because God in Jesus Christ has forgiven us, because God in Jesus Christ has given us the gift of life itself. You and I, we have no choice but to live and to love differently. You know, I was thinking back on that wedding ceremony, trying to remember exactly how I ended my remarks to the couple. And I think what I ended up telling them was, um, life is still going to be hard after today. There will still be ups and downs, still be things that you say to one another that you regret, still be moments of joy, but also challenges you can't imagine. Right? Marriage will not always be easy, but this I said to them, I know to be true, which is that you will not walk that path alone. Right? There's this lovely language that's rendered in some of the translations at the end of these verses, verse 14, I think, that says something like, clothe yourselves in Christ. It's language that gets picked up in some of the other epistles. Colossians says something like, clothe yourselves in the wardrobe God has set out for you. Humility, forgiveness, meekness. But above all, it says, wear love. Right? That's what I told this couple was, was every day when you wake up, it may be an easy day or it may be a hard day, but you can make the choice to wear love. Love. It's the same thing with loving our neighbors. It can be hard. And frankly, I don't know what will happen when you make that choice to love your neighbor. It could go well. It could go not so well. But what I do know, what I do know is that our world, friends, our nation, our own community, so desperately, needs people who are willing to live that one command, to love our neighbors. I do know that our world needs it, but even more to the core of my being and to the core of yours, I know that when we love our neighbor, we will meet Christ there. So friends, today, may be an easy day for you, or today may be a hard one. I can't make promises to you what will happen when you go out into this day, but what I can promise you is that if we go out as people who are sent and called to love our neighbors just as much as we love ourselves, And perhaps most especially if we are willing to go out and love those who we don't even like. It is there where we will meet the living Christ. So friends, may we go about that hard but good work this day, trusting and knowing that we do not go alone trusting and knowing that the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of Creator God, and the everlasting peace of Jesus Christ goes with us all this day and forevermore. And all God's people say together, Amen.